We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome back in. I'm not going to waste any time because uh, I really prize the opportunity that we have right now. Aaron Marie Olszewski, uh, also known as Nurse Aaron, widely recognized as the undercover epicenter nurse, is a dedicated nurse who resides in Florida. In response to the urgent need in New York during the height of the pandemic, she courageously journeyed to the front lines as a travel nurse. She was assigned to Elmhurst Hospital, and you may remember it was dubbed the epicenter of the epicenter in Queens, New York. After witnessing the horrors happening behind locked hospital doors, she made the bold decision to go undercover, utilizing hidden cameras and a pair of spy glasses to document the atrocities. She publicly shared some of her undercover work in early June 2020. Tucker Carlson picked it up, broke the story. Uh, to view this, you can go to nurseerin.org. That's N-U-R-S-E-E-R-I-N.org. Uh, she's also a combat veteran and author of Undercover Epicenter Nurse. And I want to welcome her. This is my second time, uh, actually third time interviewing her, and it's been a long time. Aaron, welcome in. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Jack, for having me again. Yeah, I think it is our, our third time. It's been yeah. a while, but I'm glad to see you're still in the fight, too. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, <laughs> sister. Amen. It's so funny. I got I to gotta tell this story quickly, uh, and then I want to launch into what you're up to. Yeah. The first time we talked, I was actually working for a TV station. It was in the middle of the time when governors all around the country and Governor DeWine in Ohio, they were doing their daily COVID pressers. And uh, I had this terrible, like, webcam. I, I thought we were going to get a big TV camera. I had this terrible webcam. I'm, I'm slouched over in this chair, and I'm trying to interview you. And it, and it was just – it was so shoddy on our end. But I got to tell you, and I think you know this, uh, that changed a lot here. And, and people kind of felt like, as we all did back then, I get it. It's dangerous. But something's going on. And uh, yeah. – my inbox exploded after our first interview. Uh, remind our listeners who have forgotten, what yeah. did you do back then? You know, I mean, the, the height, right, of when all of this started, kind of like started trickling in around February 2020, at least in the hospital I was working at here in in Tampa, Florida, um, I was working in, in in the emergency room and you know that's when things kind of started to shift and then you know roll in march you know now we're in a quote pandemic and uh they started furloughing all the nurses we didn't even really have any hours i was sitting out in, 
you know, remember the, the, the COVID tents outside of the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Then they started like removing family from, you know, being in with their loved ones. So there was no one to advocate for them. And I always thought that was just absolutely insane, right? Because how can, you know, the staff go in and out of the hospitals, go to Walmart, go to wherever, all these stores, but yet family wasn't allowed. And um, I wasn't even getting the hours. I actually picked up a job at Instacart. So I was shopping for people. That's how many hours I didn't have. And this was March. And so I started looking at uh, travel positions. I'm like, shoot, I'll go up to New York if they need help. You know, they're calling it a war zone, the front lines. I'm like, shoot, I, I mean, I've I've been to actual war. I'm not afraid. So I I applied. And I um, ironically, it was a uh, crucial staffing was the main staffing company that was staffing New York. And to apply, it was literally, uh, do you remember back back in the day when you would call into a radio show and you'd have to like get through to win over and over? That's how it was. It was a lottery. So they were taking 400 nurses every week. And if you got through, you were picked. So it took me two weeks. And um, the interview process is, you know, what are your skills? Yada, yada, yada. Okay, you're hired. Come on, pack your bags and get here. And I'm like, in two days, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I always thought, I'm like, gosh, what a weird way to bring in nurses. Like they yeah. didn't do any background checks, nothing, you know, and um, ended up getting there, uh, packed my bags, kissed my kids goodbye, and then um, waited around uh, for three, four days in New York. But as I was talking to other nurses, they were there for three, four weeks. And I'm like, wait a minute this doesn't even make sense. Like on the news, they're claiming that there's not enough staff. There was a, there was more than enough nurses. They just weren't assigned to any hospitals. They were out shopping. And what did you see that you, and, and this is where, you know, I think Tucker Carlson broke yeah. the story. Uh, t- tell our, tell our listeners what you saw when you were there that just blew you away. So I was, I was assigned to the ICU and I was assigned to the Elmhurst hospital, which is the epicenter of the epicenter. But it was, what I saw wasn't just happening in my hospital. It was happening all over. But the first day I was on the floor, I mean, these patients were in rooms by themselves. Their IV poles were outside of their doors. Nobody was going in. The the patients that I were, you know, was assigned to, I would go into their rooms. And, I mean, they had feces up their backs for two, three weeks. I mean, they were literally left to rot and die. And they had a specific protocol that we could only follow. Um, I mean, pretty much... Every single standard of care went out went out the door, um, and we were all put on gag orders. So, like, no matter even if I wanted to say something, which I I tried to go up my chain of command, but um, they threatened to fire you. So, I just decided, you know what, I'm I got to document this because it just reminded me of like history repeating itself. Like it was Nazi Germany all over again. Like this was like a mass genocide and it was all based on a a faulty protocol that they knew was faulty you know and then a whole lot of money because there was incentive to these patients that's right and then there was hush money i i consider it i was getting ten thousand dollars a week as an rn nurse practitioners pas were getting 15 grand and doctors were getting anywhere from like 75 up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a week so why would they want to say anything, right? Because you're going to lose that if you if you, you know, do the right thing. And at that point, I'm like, I don't, if I, I, I'm not going to sit around. I'm either leaving or I'm going to like document this and they can kick me out. But 
like the money isn't worth one life that could have been saved. So that's kind of what I did, you know, and the book is a risk. You did take a risk and you were bold and I'm grateful. The book is undercover epicenter nurse, Aaron Marie Olszewski. Um, So (laughs) interesting. I want to say this and then I want to toggle over to the next question. Um, about what's been going on since then. We've only got about a minute and a half, unfortunately. But I'll never forget, you're talking to this other nurse, and she admits, yeah, this guy came in with a stroke, but now, and you're like, yeah, yeah, now he has COVID. And she's like, well, that's yeah. right. We're bringing them in without COVID, and we're giving them COVID. Yeah. And, and that, sh- I mean, that just, that shocked me. And uh, by the way, uh, the, the governor uh, in, in New York is gone now for other reasons, but I think that there certainly was pressure because of your book. Um what have you been doing since then, about a minute, and how can people find you and follow you? Because uh, you're still on a brave journey. Yeah. Well, um, like I said, I authored a book. Um, it's not allowed on bookshelves. Uh, people can find it on my website at nurseerin.org. But in the meantime, uh, people were wanting solutions. Okay, well, what do we do? So I, ended up, I co-founded americasclinic.com um, with... Uh, uh, medical doctor, we're both um, prior Army Special Operations combat veterans, and our oath never expires. So we're starting essentially a new era of healthcare that's ethical, you know, and, and it is what we need because we can't we can't trust what's out there right now. So that's what I've been I've been working on pretty diligently these last couple of years, but faced a lot of uh, pushback, you know, I, I'm, I'm banned from a whole lot of platforms and, um, but you know what, if you do the right thing, God will reward you, you know, and that's just, uh, you just got to have that faith and, and just know that you're doing the right thing on the right side of history. Someone's got to do it. Amen. And, uh, you can find her on Twitter at Aaron underscore BSN. And, um, the website is americasclinic.com. Aaron, I'm, I'm sorry that we had a bridge time today. We'll have you back in, in, in a week or two, okay? Thank you so much, Jack. It was nice talking to you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for what you do. Welcome back in received an interesting text from uh, Sean and uh, Sean said, in essence, uh, the United States doesn't want to allow Texas to split off, but they do want to allow the Ukraine. (laughs) We'll send them money, but we won't uh, protect the Texas border. I mean, the, just the, the litany of things that are inconsistent is, uh, is through the roof and uh, quick programming note. Set your alarm. Tell your friends. 1250, Bruce Hooley will be here with a special announcement about the future of the Bruce Hooley Show here on 98.9 FM. The answer, I'm excited to have him. So 1250. But before we get to that, we have some super important business to take care of. Uh, Kim Georgeton is Republican running for election to the U.S. House to represent Ohio's second congressional district. And she's on the Republican primary ballot when uh, you can vote on that. I had a chance to talk with you before. Um, so let's start here. Why are you running? Uh, and let me tee it up this way. I have a friend who's worked for several Congress people, and he said, 
it just seems like <laughs> there aren't adults in the room anymore and business doesn't get done. And it's such a divisive climate. Why you? Why now? Yeah. So I am luckily an adult and we need one of those in the room. Um, so I'm running because uh, really the past four years we've seen some egregious usurpations of our rights, our constitutional rights and our God-given freedoms. And, you know, we need somebody to stand in the gap. And that's what I've been doing as much as I possibly can down here in the Hamilton County, greater Cincinnati area uh, in terms of standing up for our inalienable rights for our health freedom. Um, That kind of started out of the pandemic and fighting against mask mandates and forced and coerced conversations around vaccinations, um, as well as, you know, my my own company was requesting personal health information from myself and my team. And then, of course, well, my husband owned a restaurant and that was shut down during the pandemic as well. So those are kind of the core reasons that pulled me into government um, or the idea of politics, I should say, because prior to that, I really was kind of one of the 80 percent of people that just kind of thought, our government was doing what they were supposed to be doing. And um, I think COVID was a great wake-up call for a lot of people to, you know, see some of the egregious, tyrannical, you know, activities that were going on. So let's go through a a, a few of the things that you're in that seat. You'll have to decide on potentially if these things aren't resolved. Uh, We'll start with Ukraine. Um, There was an appetite a year ago. Even on the Republican side, uh, Governor Mike DeWine had the Ukrainian flag on his profile, and a lot of people were saying, look, we need to support Ukraine uh, against this madman, Vladimir Putin. Where are you now with funding a war in Ukraine between Ukraine and Russia? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we need to approach it carefully because we know that – and even the AP, believe it or not, reported that – over $40 million of our money was fraudulently stolen that we sent over to Ukraine. And I'm sure that's just a drop in the bucket as compared to how much of our money has actually gone missing or gone into the wrong hands. So um, I feel that we need, we have needed oversight all along on where that money was going because I don't think the, the general American public Um, is okay with sending billions of dollars without being able to account for where it's going and that it's actually, you know, serving its purpose. So I think that uh, before we consider spending more money there, we need to understand clearly uh, where it's going and, um, you know, if it's going to its intended, its intended um, need. I would agree. I think the, uh, the, the Biden laundry service is really profitable. It's been around for about 40 years. And I just, I want to make sure that we're, you know, not getting them involved to, to clean anything, uh, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, so what about Israel? And then I want to talk about, I think, another important thing, which is medical freedom. And, and I'll ask both of those questions and let you launch into it. But medical freedom to me, look, we're, we're on the other side of COVID. Now there's this, our, there's already tabletop exercises for disease X, right? So it's coming. Um, where do you stand with Israel? Where do you stand with medical freedom? And should the federal government protect our right to decide whether or not we put a mask on, a jab in our arm, uh, so that we can work and wander about. Yeah. So as far as Israel, I mean, Ohio is strategically significant to Israel. Uh, we're one of 33 states which have 
cooperative agreement with Israel, um, but we're actually positioned as 26th leading trade partner for them. We're also ranked 13th among all states in exports to Israel. So, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but I know our treasurer, Robert Sprague, also helped Israel initially when they called needing, um, needing support after the October 7th deadly attacks that occurred over there. So we, we, as the state of Ohio, have been supporting them and, and need to continue to do that because it is a strategically significant um, state that uh, is really standing in the Middle East as the last bastion of Judeo-Christian values. Um, so yeah, I fully support, um, I'm behind Israel 100%. Uh, and I do know that as, you know, as I'm elected as Congresswoman, I'd like to explore opportunities to help Southern Ohioans, specifically overcoming drug abuse, unemployment, helping ex- expand infrastructure and energy, as well as, um, you know, utilizing the U.S.-Israel binational agreements, which will hopefully be very beneficial to District 2, which needs a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, support. Um, and so I'll, I'll hope to review and apply those opportunities to aid Israel and Southern Ohio as much as I can when I take my seat in Congress. So about a minute um, here, medical freedom. Let's hit that oh, one. Med- yeah, medical freedom. Uh, yeah, absolutely. People have the right to uh, make choices for themselves with regard to their health. And, you know, being coerced, forced, harassed, uh, none of that is acceptable. And it should have never been acceptable. And you know, I, I mentioned I had experience serving affidavits to businesses and universities and was successfully able to um, communicate and and get some of those reversed. Uh, Mount St. Joe got rid of their mask mandates because of affidavits I served to their board of trustees um, and health department revised their communication strategies after, um, you know, we held meetings there and served them all affidavits as well. So um, I think uh, that there's really no one else down here uh, in, the, in Southern Ohio area that has been stronger on medical freedom than myself. So, and I've also participated multiple times in gathering signatures for uh, our constitutional amendment for medical freedom. I know we've gone through multiple iterations of that and, and hopefully we'll once and for all be able to put this to bed. So about 30 seconds, Kim, where can our listeners who uh, like what they hear go to learn more and support your campaign? You can go to Georgetown for Congress. That's um, Georgetown spelled G-E-O-R-G-E, like the name George, C-O-N. Four is spelled F-O-R, not the number four, and congress.com. So georgetownforcongress.com. You can learn everything about me there and feel free to donate. Obviously, um, we, you know, we definitely need donations to keep our campaign going strong. So uh, if you'd like to make a donation, I'd be so happy. But 